Welcome to the Healerology Podcast. This is a show about healing, healers, and methods to dissolve emotional, physical, and spiritual challenges. I'm your host, Dominic, a student of life, a sharer of knowledge, and a guide to achieving inner peace. The goal of this show is to teach you how to become your own healer, discover and connect to the power inside of you, and live your best life. So, let's get to healing. Hi, everyone. It's Dominic again with the Healology Podcast, and today's guest is Marcos Rivera. And it's a little bit unusual. I'm meeting Marcos for uh, the first time, uh, but I heard about him through a really good friend of mine. She had uh, taken a day of healing for herself and gone to retreat and she experienced yoga and some sound healing. And she told me about Marcos and she knows, you know, the gist of what I'm going for with my podcast and my audience and thought Marcos would be a really uh, great guest. So we've had a couple of exchanges so far just uh, via WhatsApp. So I'm really excited to meet him and introduce you to him. And, uh, you know, it's, I did have a, a bit of an intro. So I know Marcos has some, some interesting stories uh, that, uh, we'll pull out of him um, and hopefully knows what I'm talking about. If not, I'll bring it to his attention. But with that, Marcos, will you please introduce yourself and tell people what you offer? Hi, everyone. Hi, Dominic. Uh, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I'm really grateful to be here. Um, not uh, really uh, the podcast speaker type, so um, bear with me as I fumble along, <laughs> everyone at home. Um, yeah, my, um, um, so essentially what I do is I, um, am a frequency or a sound healer. All that essentially means is, um, through certain vibrational frequencies, um, I isolate those frequencies and target them to certain areas of our bodies and energy centers to help us tune or realign these energy centers or physical centers in our body. That's kind of the basic explanation of it. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it becomes it becomes a little bit more once you start scratching the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope we do a little bit of it, you know, already sounds uh, sufficiently complex to me. So, you know, in, in that here about frequencies and like energy centers. Uh, so you know, let me wade in where, where I, I might be able to. So I, I know we have chakras in our body um, and chakras are loosely defined. It's just like uh, energy centers. I think the term itself uh, means like a disc, uh, but the chakras are areas in our body where we can actually uh, bring in energy from the outside. So that could be, you know, chi, that could be prana, like the life force. Um, and as I understand it, and, and Marcos, you'll find it just, <laughs> Dis dispel any of this information I'm wrong. Uh, as I understand it, um, each of the chakra chakras have a different frequency. And um, I know an observation of someone, it's almost like you can see which chakras are working well and which ones aren't, kind of way a person is moving or talking. And then I think for people who maybe are more adept, not myself, in terms of being intuitive, maybe seeing energy or auras, they might... Uh, be able to get more information in terms of that. So, Marcos, when you, you say that you're 
using sound and and frequencies. I was, is your intent to uh, uh, interact with the the chakras, or are you using a, a method that that I haven't brought up here? So uh, effectively, I use certain instruments, um, some being uh, crystal uh, sound bowls, uh, crystal cord sound bowls. And these particular ones, the C is tuned to 432 Hertz. And what that is, is essentially the vibrational field of the earth. It's the, of the root chakra of this earthen, earthen centered vibration. So when we move from that all the way up the chakras, like you said, um, different frequency ranges will target different energy centers. So I work with the seven major chakras, which move from the roots to the sacral, to the uh, solar plexus, to the heart, to the throat, to your third eye, and to your crown. Um, and so we work through each, each of these chakras and energy centers just to essentially target and realign any, you know, vibrational discord or unbalance just like a guitar gets used um you know during a show it needs to be tuned up it's it's kind of the same as a body or any every anything any organism essentially needs love and care so i think uh, i mean i'm not so scientific in the aspect of it this practice all just kind of fell onto me um through eventual discovery um turning one stone over after the next I started off uh, with photography that led me into events and then the events kind of nurtured my musical aspect and that led me into becoming a, a performer, a professional singer and musician for many, many years. And then the natural progression came into the sound vibrational frequencies using certain frequencies like 432 when meditating can really help to help repair um, your essentially like just imbalances and things that can cause accumulation or things that, that are being stored. It helps to, it helps to move these energies. So when you're, when we're focusing these vibrational energies for a prolonged uh, period of time, what ends up happening is we're kind of shaking things up from a vibrational standpoint, just like, you know, they're starting to discover the sound technology, rediscover, I should say, uh, the sound technology from uh, things like focused, um, sound frequencies on healing uh, kidney stones or even, you know, isolating certain cancer cells. Uh, vibrational therapies uh, have been actually used for, you know, thousands of years. And some people say even tens of thousands of years. So, I mean, for me, all I can tell you is that working with your energetic centers is probably, or working with my energetic centers is probably what helped um, my evolution of music and understanding that everything is vibrational frequency. So what are we resonating with? How are we harmonizing with it? And you know, what, what's, what's the song, the, the, the song sound like? Um, so each person, each kind of person's personal approach to healing is very different from the next. I would say mine is very unconventional. It, it, it's nothing that has been kind of, um, taught to me. It hasn't been rhetoric. It's been very much, felt through through just experiencing this idea of just allowing the shakti to flow which is this creative life force and um yeah so i don't know um where exactly we started with this but to kind of sum it all up um yes the vibrational frequency centers can be affected by our certain um hertz let's say 432 for the the root or 528 for the solar plexus these types of things um, or even for the hearts, you know, to help open. But 
these energy centers all work in conjunction with one another. So the idea is to be able to vibrate at a higher frequency in order to have this upliftment of self, this, um, I guess, more higher self of consciousness, this place where we can sit and feel comfortable um, with our accomplishments in our life, both materialistically and spiritually. Mm. Yeah, so I, I see I've got some more unpacking. I mean, it sounds really fascinating. Let me see, see where I can, I can dig in here. Um, so maybe if I, I, I take a bit of a step back, because you mentioned your own journey going, you know, from photography to events, to you know, actually you know, performing, singing. Um, and then, you know, you develop your practice in this. I, I, I feel embedded in there as like a, uh, a personal journey of like your, your own healing, perhaps coming across like certain challenges and maybe this method that actually you're using with other people was uh, you initially started down the, the path as a way of like healing self. Is, yeah. is that uh, the case? Does that, those inferences uh, resonate with you? Yeah, I think really like that's kind of more of, of a place that I resonate coming from uh, is, is just telling my story. I feel like I'm more of a storyteller than anything. Um, it's just because I've experienced, um, you know, this this beautiful ability to feel a connect, connected to something greater than just myself. You know, to feel a connection to all things, and you know, those those things that can be seen, heard, and, and touched, and tasted, and, and smelt, but also the, the things that cannot be. You know, things that are far deeper, uh, and. I, it, this is this is I think where the relatability comes from because it's not a one size fits all. Um, when I started on my journey, um, it was like you said, or like I said, with photography and then into events. And during this period, while we were very successful touring with uh, with my band at the time, and and we had played a show, and I uh, and we played there. To stay there so it was like a week retreat and we could bring our significant others and they put us up and it was a very like everything was taken care of and so it's a little like bonding trip and uh you know we had uh, experimented with some psilocybin well not experimented we were taking it very recreationally um and uh but my life changed my basis took me off away from the party and we sat by a little babbling brook and uh, I don't know how he knew to take me there. I guess the universe was w walking me by the hand and um, everything just changed. A deep, a deep resonance with everything just came over me all at once. It almost felt like my container, my, the vessel, my human body almost felt like it couldn't contain the experience. Um, and it was just this deep, deep <laughs> ancestral understanding of what it all means, what it, where it all comes from. And it's very difficult to put it in, into words, but if anybody out there has had this deep, profound experience with consciousness um, and with, with the oneness, with all of it, with the primordial ohm or the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, um, it's all, it all pretty much sounds the same. At the time, I had no idea what happened. I thought I was losing my mind because everybody else around me was completely... Uh, they were they could not relate to it in any way and there was no shaman shaman there to lead me to, to discover it so it took me many years of of <laughs> sitting with that experience 
in order to truly process it. And I guess that led me to understand a huge thing that one night I was left with a choice to go and shave my head and become a monk, never sing again, never speak again, just move away from everything I love, just let go of everything. Um, and or to go and be of service. And at the time, <laughs> it was so much to look at, to walk away from everything. And it was so overwhelming, the experience I had, I just wanted to run towards something familiar. And I just said, no, 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 service, service. I want to run towards happiness, not truth, mm-hmm. not truth. <laughs> and and uh, and so I ran to my happiness and I lived there for about seven years. And that happiness, it, it became really rotted. You know, um, it, I confused my happiness with, um, ignorance, you know, I wanted to run away from what I saw, but you can't really unsee the light. So the truth kind of eventually unfolded from there for me. And now it's become this kind of just allowing the space to truly feel intuitively, um, that I'm making this decision from a, from this seated place of consciousness instead of from the seated place, uh, or sorry, from this, um, you know, unconscious place of emotion or thought pattern, and then that's really started to realign, um, you know, my words into my actions and then living from this place of truth. And then once these alignments started to happen, then it's almost like the universe kind of leaves a breadcrumb trail for you to kind of find your way. And a lot of times it's away from relationships, which happened to me, um, you know, both in business and in love and in life. Um, and, you know, those were hard, hard pills to swallow, but looking back in retrospect, these, these were the formative experiences that allowed me to grow and, and blossom and push through this skin to, you know, to grow, um, you know, bigger into a bigger, better version of my, you know, spiritual self. So, yeah, it's very much a personal experience. And I think the, the, the biggest key, or like if I had a, a pill that I could give to everybody in, in a couple of sentences, I think it would be this. I think it would be to stop what you're doing and take a step back. Just literally stop what you're doing and take a step back when things aren't resonating, when things aren't feeling great. And look, create a list even of the things that, (laughs) you know, you can't look at and decide are those things you can't look at because they're literally sucking your will to live or is just because they seem daunting or you might be afraid of the, the power and greatness that's on the other side. Um, and create those lists and then move towards the things um, that aren't going to, you know, remove that will to live. I mean, I've worked an office job. Yeah. And at points I wanted to kill myself. Um, it wasn't easy for me. Uh, I can, I can't imagine, you know, people have been doing this for, you know, way longer than I did in order for me to be feeling that and are still uh, not at their breaking point. But what happens when it does come? Um, I think really people are choosing to, um, ignore the signs and the breadcrumbs because they're focused so much on the uh, material aspect of things where it becomes, you know, just about the status or the job or the money or how things look, but not about how things feel, you know, and everybody kind of, you know, rushes to think, hmm, you know, thinking what's best for me, not necessarily feeling what's best, you know, and, and coming from this place of thought pattern or even sometimes reacting from this place of emotion. Um, and so these are the, the things when you can grab a handle on, on these things, you know, what is it that actually makes you happy? Where is your North star and which way does it point? And, you know, um, and, and meeting that and all the obstacles along the way with open arms and acceptance, 
um, will essentially lead you to your your North Star. Um, so I think swaying away from these uh, these opportunities to be distracted and going through other people's process instead of your own. I mean, when you're a kid, people say, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, and, you know, mommy wants you to be a doctor and daddy wants you to be a lawyer and you want to make them proud. And then you get that job and you, and you get to this point and really you've done it for everyone else except for yourself. So where are we now? What are we, what are we doing from this point? Um, we're so far off of our, off of our course now that when we have these realizations that sometimes people are just like, well, I mean, I'm never going to get there. So I might as well just lights out in this life. The problem with that is you got to work that karma off um, in the next life. Um, so regardless, and 10 times that. So the problem is, uh, or I guess the idea is to get on the, on the path of your North star, which is only really led by thought, uh, not sorry, by a feel instead of thought. you know, it's this, this gut, this ruling from the gut emotion and um, you know, things like self-care vibrational frequency, you know, you can put on a, a 432 Hertz sleep meditation at night and just sleep to that. You'll get way deeper REM than you'll ever get sleep nidras, you know, these meditations, they're 40 minutes, 20 minutes, you'll get crazy amounts of REM sleep. It, they're literally life hacks. Um, start treating yourself to the things that bring you joy and the things that, that bring light into your life instead of just money. It's the carrot that dangles in front of everybody's face. And we wonder why, you know, the Western culture is so depressed. It is a materially driven culture, you know, and a very results driven culture. Um, but just like a flower, it's not, you can't really force that into a result. You have to allow it to resolve. And coming into the res resolution of this conversation here, you know, for me, I found this resolution in music. It's the only thing that I've ever realized that would, everybody can agree on, you know, this vibrational feeling that, you know, can get your body moving even when you're asleep. And, um, and it does pretty amazing things and it heals and it opens up us up to emotion and to all you know, to dancing, it's just the gateway. It's the next evolution after light is sound. Um, so for me, it just made sense, you know, um, when I had this opportunity to go and be a monk or to be of service, um, I chose service. And the only way I can is through singing and, and, and through music. And this has allowed me the opportunity to hold space for people to come and heal and to uh and and to and to really find their practice their spiritual practice which is their own um there's no i mean religion is a guideline um spirituality you know this you know the chakras and all these things that we discuss are all guidelines on how to get there but when you're there, you'll know <laughs> it's a feeling. You're just, it's like catching a wave. You, you can schedule it all you want, but until the wave, you know, starts rising up. Um, I mean, you can't surf it until the wave comes. And this is, this is vibration. This is frequency. It's this up and down. It's just finding the, the flow and the, and the ebb and the breath of the vibrations and the and the and the movement of all the living particles that exist with one another be it a floor or a human and it's all this this dance that's happening so how are we dancing are we dancing out of out of tune uh, out of off off step out of tempo or are we you know you know 
making it into a beautiful, sexy dance. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi there, this is Dominic, and I'm interrupting my own podcast to bring your attention to my four-week one-on-one coaching program. This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun and you can be successful at it every time. Let me show you how. To learn more, go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me. Marcos, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. jump jump in and and say something because I, I feel like I'm I'm delightfully just you know hearing everything you're you're saying and I'm picturing my audience. Mm-hmm. So like you know everyone's everyone's captivated. And I I have this you know comical view of like uh uh maybe a segmentation, you know, 50% are tell me more how can I do this for myself? And the other 50% are like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. And it, it, it sounds yeah. scary. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I know that something I said earlier on, it's like, you were looking at this opportunity and you said, well, I guess now it's the time for me to be a monk and just pursue absolute truth. Um, and I do want to say, I think that option is, is always in front of you. You know, if, if, uh, if you decide to go that route, um, I've considered it, especially these days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, might join you. Um, and you said, instead of the option, you said you decided to, you know, still, uh, explore, uh, music and, and a vibration sound. And you also had this, this period of just going deeper and deeper in consciousness and, and discovering your, yourself more. So, you know, I think um, a lot of the listeners in my audience, maybe they're kind of the in-between, you know, in the mm-hmm. sense like, you know, they, they've had an experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, you know, they, there's like a, an indication that there's, there's a light over there. And I think, you know, and if I can jump in here, Dominic, yes, there is a place for the in-between. I always say, okay, people who come to me, I say, do you want to look? Do you really want to look? And most (laughs) people say, I don't know, man. I don't think. And I say, okay, well, then, you know, go go to yoga and wear your Lululemons. That's cool. Like, I mean, find Mm -hmm. your practice in your own time because you need to be ready. Otherwise, you're being thrown into the fire. So it's not a bad thing that you're not ready. It's just you have to build the container big enough to handle this type of download. It's not just something that anybody can just ingest. You know, um, so that's a good thing. You know, if you feel like, oh, I'm not ready to look beautiful, you understand where you are. And if you're not ready to look right away, there's still things you can do. What you can do is if you're in real estate, you know, and you have 70,000 people, you know, as an audience on your Instagram or what have you, then maybe every now and then put something positive out there, (laughs) you know, do something positive with that reach. You know, this, you know, it's every day do something to, to create life. You know, my, my creating of life becomes of service. And literally, it, that was my practice, was this karma yoga, is just giving, giving, giving. Some, somebody needed, let me help you if I have the means. And this is, you know, that literally brought so much light into my life and beauty into my life that it literally allowed me to walk the spiritual path almost effortlessly. So, you know, just do things that really bring life. 
and and not just to others but also to yourself you know these these are beautiful things you can do like wake up in the morning every day i i mean my stylist you know his name is Giz Gizabo, and he's worked uh, he's worked with all the you know so many famous people prince barbara streisand and he said you know i was working with barbara streisand and one day she says to me she says darling every day i wake up in the mirror and i look myself in the mirror and i say what am I going to do to pamper myself today? You know, and this is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, like a, a six and a half foot, you know, beautiful man who does the convent Rico, you know, dresses up in drag and is telling me about what, you know, um, the Barbara Streisand told him, you know, and this is really the difference between people who succeed in life and people who don't. The people who succeed remember to sharpen the saws before they go cutting down their trees, you know, and the, the saw is themselves you know, and, and the things around them, you know, I'm really focusing on this mentality of bringing something positive into, into your life and into other people's lives on a daily. Yes. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Well, maybe smile at them this time, you know, or, you know, buy that person a coffee that's behind you or whatever it might be. Like the point is, is, um, you know, shining light, shining light, you know, looking, looking at it as this place of like, we're all in this together. If we see ourselves as the mycelium of mushrooms, which is this interconnectedness, just that looks like our, our Venus system inside the body or the root system of, of trees, um, you'll see everything is literally connected. So if I cut down a tree over here, another tree over there is going to suffer. So if I hurt you, I'm effectively hurting myself. Are we not somebody else's child? You know, like, I don't know how many situations I've been in my life where I flipped somebody the bird and then, you know, they pulled in behind me and, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, it ended up being my, my boss at work, you know, or something like this. And it's just like, you know, you and that's just in- a very, instant karma. Huh? Yeah. And that's, and that's a beautiful way to do it, but it doesn't all, it's not always so instant. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is by creating these good patterns, you eventually lead all the other bad patterns off to the side, you start creating these great habits, you know, and this is where the change can be made like instantly, you know, finding a practice for yourself. Uh, I always say, well, I, I just want to pause you there. Cause you, you've yeah. said a, a couple of things we dive into, cause you mentioned like, like habits. So, mm-hmm. you know, a, a little bit out of fashion right now, but there's this uh, guy, Stephen Covey at seven habits of highly successful people. And, and you actually mentioned one of them. It's like sharpen the saw. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Stephen, uh, Stephen R. Colby, yes, um, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, yes, this is exactly the reference that I took it from. Um, yes, this is a very big point, yes, it's sharpening the saw, so people think, oh, I gotta get to work, gotta put in that nine hours, and they grab their saw, and it's dull as F, you know, <laughs> and they mm. go to work, and they work for nine hours for nothing, you know what I mean, because that's sawing, cutting shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and, 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 the th- and the thing you said about uh, pampering yourself, you know, even by Barbara Streisand it's just like you know every day I'm thinking of how I can pamper myself and you know I noticed that um you know some people actually are of this mind to like give they want to help others but I, I see one of the things that they do like they're they're kind of doing it out of sequence and so they're like oh I gotta help I gotta help others gotta help others and it's just you know it comes from a variety of different places you know sometimes healthy sometimes unhealthy but they skip a step, you know, they forget to fill their own cup first. This is it. This is it. And how can you serve from an empty well? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. How can you serve water from an empty well? This is what it is. So, you know, what ends up happening is a lot of these people, they're just neglecting. They're neglecting to look at their own stuff, you know? And a lot of times healing comes with looking at your own stuff. So, you know, I don't like to sit still. Well, chances are you probably need to sit still. I don't like cold baths. Well, you should probably, you know, you got a lot, you got a lot of things you don't like to do in this life. How many yeah. things are easy to do? So the things that aren't hard to, that, that are hard to do sometimes are the best things to do until they become easy to do. Just like driving or just like anything else, you know, it take uh, even walking, you know, it took us a while to get there, but you know, eventually we, you become a master at it. So do we just give up on these things because they're tough? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, I, I used to have this perspective. What people are seeking is uh, comfort. Mm. And, uh, you know, I probably had that for a few years. And you know, I work with people and say, okay, they're like seeking comfort. But, you know, then I had like an adjustment or like a higher truth came in. It wasn't so much that people were, were seeking comfort. They were, they were actually looking for a manageable amount of discomfort. Yeah. Avoiding, avoiding discomfort. Yeah. 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 And, but this is where you go to die. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, this is like, you know, you want to be comfortable? I mean, yes, we're going to make them comfortable. Or the last, you know, the famous last words before you're, you know, before they give you morphine and you're dead, you know? Like, I mean, this is the thing. Like, life is not a comfortable thing. We just it kind of created this illusion, illusion of comfort by building walls and all this kind of stuff. But what it actually creates is this inability to grow. Um, yeah. I mean, by getting comfortable you don't need to work for anything. And then there's really no evolution. Yeah. You know, so I think this is why I say lean into the uncomfortable things, do the things that probably, you know, don't make you feel, I mean, be mindful of others always, you know, don't just go out hurting people, but you know, like, you know, be mindful of, of what you want to do, but embrace discomfort, you know, for your own benefit. I can't tell you how many people, you know, avoid doing things like breath work because, you know, it, it takes too much time in my day. But like 10 minutes of breath work will make your day 20 hours more productive. It's sharpening the saw. Um, jumping into a cold bath. You know, a lot of people have these ailments, digestion and this, or they have pains or even people that are fighting cancer. Um, I mean, this Wim Hof method of breathing and cold plunging is one of these like revolutionary things that has like, I truthfully believe have the power to radically increase, if not cure these, these types of ailing things. And um, I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, and, and the thing is, is, you know, the excuse is, ah, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's like, man, but, like, but yeah. you're also very uncomfortable with dying. It's just, you just don't want to deal with anything now. It's, and, and this is what I always say, you know, it's just, it's a sacrifice. What sacrifice will you make now in order to reap the rewards that you're going to get later? Nobody wants to go and plant, you know, you know, the fields. Um, but in, you know, and when come harvest time, everybody's ready to harvest. I mean, you know, you have to put in the work, you know, uh, this is, this is the thing. And, and I think the problem is, or the issue is, or the, the continual, um, uh, impedance becomes where people are just expecting everything now. And now there's, you know, if, if it's not instant, then it's, you know, it's, it's not for me. And, and so it comes in a pill form and it comes in this, and it comes with as little discomfort as possible, but I mean, my life, brother, I mean, it was so uncomfortable in the beginning. Now I can sit through a shit storm and, uh, and with a big smile on my face while everybody else is covered in it and, and sit there and go, everybody having a great time, you know, yeah. <laughs> like for and, me, and, it, and it I, really made me comfortable. You know, it's, I, it's I would say thing. probably the, the whole 
uh, concept or your take on, on what is actually a shitstorm change. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, I always go to, you know, some phrases, they just come back to me. And it's just like, one is, you know, there, there really isn't a stressful event. There's just like your, your reaction to it. It's like, exactly. your, you know, how that you, you take it. And, you know, when people do these processes or do the inner work, or they do sit through uncomfortable uh, situations, you know, at some point there can be a transformation. If you sit in it long enough, it's like no situation is uncomfortable. It's, it's just, it's a neutral situation. It's just circumstance. It's just your perspective of, of the situation that's happening. It's your preference on how you want the situation to go. And this is why I always say it's better to take your punches up front than die by a thousand cuts, you know, because every, nobody wants to take that punch in the mouth. But the, the idea is this. Um, I mean, I use a lot of movies for references because I feel like it's perfect. You know, it's a Western way of, of understanding. Have you ever seen this movie with life and Eddie Murphy? Uh, it's Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, and they're both in jail for a crime they didn't commit. And this really big guy comes up to Eddie Murphy, I believe, and he says, hey, boy, you're going to eat your cornbread? And, you know, Eddie Murphy knows if he doesn't give him his cornbread, he's going to get his his ass kicked. And you know what he says? He says, yeah, I'm going to eat my cornbread. And then he says, you know, I'm going to, like, beat you for that cornbread, loosely. This is how it goes. And he says, yeah, but, you know, then you're going to have to kick my ass every day to get that cornbread. So this is the idea, is, like, (laughs) he has a choice. He can either relinquish his cornbread, maybe it could be your health or your happiness, every day. So you don't have to deal with the discomfort of getting your ass kicked for one day, because I can guarantee you, he's probably just going to move on to the next guy the next day, who's just going to give him his cornbread. This is the idea of life. You know, it's sometimes life is saying, Hey, take it, take your punches now, or in, in the future, you're going to have to essentially give up everything for it, you know? Well, and this is what it is. It's this, yeah. is, I mean, this it's, avoidance. It's, it's, it's the model of, of, of life. You know, I, I always like an earth to like uh, just a learning school. You know, I, you know, I, I distill things down almost beyond simplistic levels just to, to make a point. I mean, like sometimes the metaphor or the concept works and sometimes not. But, you know, I share with people, it's you're, you're, in, you're here to learn. And, and that learning is going to, like, cause some, some growth and some evolution in you. And if you don't do it, like, your life, your circumstances are just going to keep sending you that same lesson. Exactly. Time and time again. And that punch in the face that you reference, it's just going to get harder and oh, yeah. harder and harder. And so like, you know, one day it's like a bruise. Another day it's a busted lift. Another day it's a concussion. And, you know, exactly. All, it progressively all, grows. Yes. Yeah. And, and all you have to do is, is like, you know, when that punch is lands are you can get to the point where you see the punch coming and you say, OK, yeah, and just embrace it. <laughs> yeah, dance with it. Yeah. Embrace it and say, like, what am what am I supposed to 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 learn here? You know, I you know, hopping tracks here. Um, I mean, this is this is it. You know, like just like a good boxer, you're saying it. You know, we're talking about this punch this punch theory, and it's great because it's it's the same this the same you know um, philosophy that the Dalai Lama and Mike Tyson shared. You know, every, like everybody's got a everybody's got a, a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, yeah. Um, and and this is and this is what it is. But how well can you take your punches? Just like a good fighter, we're all in the ring right now. We're all fighting through our karma, our past lives, growing, learning. And this is the idea: is you're not going to get out without a punch. So just by you know by dodging punches, <laughs> all that's making you do is just you're going to get you know the more punches you take, the stronger I feel. You, you become, and this is more metaphorical than probably in the ring because after a certain amount of punches into your head, I'm sure it starts to create some effect. But I mean, the idea is this, it's like, you know, the more punches you can take in life, then you go, ah, oh, that's not so bad. It's like, you're, you're continually 
doing something um, that makes you stronger in life by by showing up for yourself and people around you. I mean, I cannot emphasize this enough about this showing up. I'm some days it's really difficult to show up uh, for for yourself or for others, but usually on those days, and I've had these days where I just didn't feel like showing up. Um, you know, for whatever reason it was, those were the most important days to show mm. up, you know, and th- these are the tests that the universe gives you is how bad you want it, you know, and sometimes you have to take that punch up front and just literally get there, you know what I mean? And then once you're there, it's literally, it becomes so evident that, you know, this is where you need to be, but it's just embracing this discomfort and this discomfort, like you said, after a while, it's not discomfort anymore. It's an indication. It's a reference. You know, I always look at my, my, you know, the things that ail me like a painful knee or this and that. And I look at it as an opportunity to say, okay, how is the universe talking to me right now and saying to realign, which direction do I have to go from here? Because the pain is indicative of, of a correction that needs to be made yeah. and, and a way that needs to be go. It's, it's a flag. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a friend in the darkness for me. It's like, ow, this hurts. What can I do about this? This is a perfect opportunity now yeah. to resolve it instead of just, you know, numbing it with alcohol, drugs, with, you know, um, you know, reckless behavior or things to, to help, you know, make us, you know, placate us because eventually what ends up happening, it just accumulates. It's like you come home from work and you throw this bag of garbage every day of, of a collection of your daily stuff into this room. Then one day it starts to spill over until you can't even get into there and it's now festered and it's becoming all this stuff and now it's spilling into the home. Now, what do you have in your home? You have rot, you have, you know, you have all this negativity in the home and this is how it, it starts with accumulation becomes, you know, pain, then becomes chronic, then it becomes disease, then it becomes autoimmune or whatever. And it, and, and it has no place to grow. So it grows out like a tree, you know what I mean? From the in out, you know, from the darkness outwards, you start to see signs of the physical aspect, you know, mm-hmm. um, because, of, because of the energetic aspect. Yeah, you, you, you have to, you know, eventually, you know, whether it's, and you mentioned karma, whether you do it in this lifetime or the next, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to feel, feel that discomfort, you know, identify the source and then run in the direction of that source. Not, yeah. not, <laughs> totally. not to cut it off. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's the key. It's the gift. The discomfort is the gift. And you're like, oh, okay, this is where I need to go. And you mentioned, you know, alcohol and other substances, and there's so many, right? You know, the phone scrolling and the TV and stuff. It's oh, like, you know, the, yeah. there's, there's all this like desire for anesthetization mm-hmm. because people don't want to just sit with themselves. You know, there's some quote out there, I wish I remember the guy who did it or said it. He says, but like, you know, nearly all of the world's problems stem from man's inability to sit in a room by himself alone. Exactly. And I thought that was just brilliant because that's the thing. I mean, I, I see people taking their issues out on each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Bosses with their employees, you know, partners, like in, in relationships, uh, you know, uh, leaders with their, their citizenry. And it, it all comes from, cause like, you know, people on an individual basis, you know, they haven't just sat with themselves and said, I feel discomfort. I feel pain. I'm not liking these circumstances. I'm not liking myself and just sit with it and sit with it and sit with it until they build the resilience to actually just sit with that, deal with it because there's something there to deal with it. And then of course it eventually it will lessen, it will exactly. dissipate and it'll dissolve. Darkness cannot thrive in the light. 
but the, this is the idea is that we shine light on it. We look at it, you know, and this is the beauty of it. And then when you start seeing these discomforts, I mean, and these, these, these opportunities, let's call them, you know, um, and you can shine the light on them. Now you come from this loving way. you you can, you can respect it. And you say, Oh, my knee's killing me. Thank you knee, for, you know, for holding me up and also for letting me know that there's something that needs to be addressed. Thank you. And this, this place from appreciation, and then you can almost turn it into a game. And then you see literally how the, the amount of love that you, you put into this, this game, you know, even to the discomfort, especially to the discomfort. Why, you know, I think it's funny. You say we run into these things, you know, like you should run in that direction. It's beautiful. Yeah. With your arms fully, like fully expanded wide, ready to embrace that pain because it's literally the key to our salvation through the suffering. We will find this bliss, you know? Um, I mean, there was this, this incredible uh, story of this man who lost everything in the Holocaust. I mean, his family, everybody, he lost all of his loved ones. He was near death himself and was rescued by the, uh, you know, by the soldiers at the time from a concentration camp. And he said, this is the best day of my life. He said, you know, he experienced all the loss you can possibly imagine as a human being. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in his, his, his shoes, but he saw that as his moment of emancipation where he had absolutely nothing left. It was, everything was taken away from him. This is what it took him to realize what a gift that life truly was, mm. you know? And I think sometimes we forget this, um, you know, this culture in Bhutan, uh, have you ever heard of Bhutan? It's a place uh, um, in the uh, Himalayas um, near Tibet and Nepal and these beautiful uh, spiritual centers of the world. Um, and these Bhutanese people, they would essentially, they start their day every day with meditation, that these, these death meditations, death meditations on their life and, and their moving past this life and the effect that it has on others. And also the meditation, the death meditation of all the things in their life, the people that they love and all these people, um, you know, and all the things that they have. And they start their day with this very, what would seem in a Western mentality, very morbid a way of, of, of introducing the day with this death meditation. But once they're finished their meditation, they're greeted by all the things that they love. And, this, and they're also greeted with this deep appreciation for those things. You know, you wake up every morning, you know, to your wife and you go, ah, hey, honey, good morning, okay, I'm going to go to work. And, there's, you know, and you might fall into this mundane experience of living with that person. But what if, you know, something tragic was to happen to that person? What would you give to restart that day so that you can have that morning back? Well, this is uh, the, uh, the, the idea of experiencing suffering in order to be truly grateful for what it is that you have at any given moment in time. So, I mean, this is a meditation practice that's for, you know, for, for at least intermediate users <laughs> you know, of spirituality right now. Because it's not an easy one to think of someone you care about no longer being there. But I guarantee you, when you come out of this meditation, you will have a deep, deep, deep appreciation and gratitude for that person. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, I hadn't heard about this uh, yeah. before, but it, it makes intrinsic sense. I mean, I, it gets to me in, in a couple different ways. You know, they say in terms of communicating with someone, you know, it's, it's preferable to end on a, on a good note. Uh, so, you know, you get the, the difficult or the quote unquote bad stuff out of the way. And then you, uh-huh. you, you get to the good stuff. And the other thing is, yeah, you know, the whole you can't have light without the darkness uh, angle. 
you know, we, we take so much profoundly for granted to the, to the level where we don't even notice it any, anymore. Uh, you know, I've know like, you know, some people have these like gratitude practices and I know some people like run out of stuff and I'm like, you know, be, be thankful you have toenails. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Be, be thankful. Like, you know, your, your skin, like your largest organ isn't like on fire all the time from some type of like, you know, malady or infection. Mm-hmm. Be, be thankful that, you know, you can put your head on a pillow and heck, you don't have the certainty with everything that goes along with that. But, you know, particularly when it comes to persons, because I deal with a lot of in, in the relationship space. Um, and, you know, the thing that surprises me a lot is just how much people will savage each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just not appreciating, you know, the light in that person or the joy in that person. And of course, you know, gets into a whole bunch of complexity and people not being able to see each other accurately. But I think it's a beautiful practice, you know, to, to wake up and, and to think about, you know, what life would be without that person, because, you know, people do do this meditation, like, um, very, uh, practiced and, and with determination, but, but it happens in the Western world, typically after they lose the person, after yes. the person is gone. Yes. And then they will spend months grieving about the absence of this person and thinking about like all the things they, they could have done differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, bringing that to mind every day, I, I could see just bringing such, such wonderful benefits, but you know, I, I always run into this because, you know, like t- time seems to be a, a limited thing. I, I, I do want to go back to, you know, as much as I'm enjoying the conversation, I didn't want to go back to um, the work you do with like, you know, uh, vibration and frequency, mainly because I want to give people something concrete they can do, even if it's seeing you as a practitioner or someone that yeah. does something like you, because, you know, a lot of people, their initial foray isn't, you know, doing like a 10 day silent meditation, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's their initial Not foray. Easy. Yeah. It, it's like, well, let me, let me go to this class. This person mm-hmm. says he does something, maybe I'll experience something. And so like so many different entry points, but I, I want to like paint a clear picture for the audience. Let's say okay. someone comes to, to you as an entry point, you know, they walk in the room and they see some sound bowls, you know, they're, they're there because, you know, they want to feel better. How do you, how do you take them through that experience and what else uh, will they see in the room or, or, or experience in the session with you? So we have two options. So typically we have the private option, which you can bring one to four people. Um, and then that's a, a, it's a, a standard fee rate. It's 150 bucks for 90 minutes. And then you would come and you'd lay either yourself or with four people. Um, with yourself, you get more focused. Um, well, first we all integrate. So we would walk into the space, you know, we greet the space, we would smudge. Um, we light a, a candle for protection in the space. And I call in certain entities and, and certain guides that have kind of presented themselves to me throughout my spiritual journey. And we protect the space to make sure that nothing unwanted comes in. And then we'll sit and we'll, we'll have a little conversation about where that person is at. Take the, I guess, the weather report of, of their life. Um, just a quick snapshot. And then we create an intention and we go into the sound bath, which would essentially entail about 20 minutes of gong therapy, which is great for a blood circulation, helps with the murkiness of our blood, helps to alkaline us. So reducing acidity and, you know, really reducing our cortisol levels. 
Um, a lot of people come in right from work or from this, you know, sympathetic state. And so this helps to kind of drop us into this parasympathetic state. Um, and then we'll go into each of the, the seven chakra frequencies um, through each bowl. And we also have uh, Nepalese bowls that we import. And we also, um, we also sell them from here, um, uh, retail them from, from our, our home where, where the practice is. And, um, and this helps, you know, this community of these, these ancient bull makers that have just passed it down long, you know, from lineage to lineage and their communities. So we sit with all these bulls and we go through all the seven chakras. Um, and if you're, if I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, typically we'll do bull to body, which means that you can actually put the bulls onto a physical form, uh, onto the person's physical, uh, you know, torso and problem areas of the body to isolate those frequencies in those energetic buildup areas. And then once we're done that, we go right into the bhakti. Um, and this is all pretty much while they're still in that state of repose. Uh, and, and this is just a prayer or we sing our bhakti. So it's this essentially ancient prayer that is essentially vocalized. Um, and we use the bowls and, 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 and obviously I sing it. Um, and then we come out of it and I, I will revert to my first instrument, which was guitar. And, um, and, and we kind of gently guide people back into the space, into the room. Um, so some people have an astral, they can astral project and, and do these types of things. Some people just have ex extreme energetic releases, may, maybe crying or going to the washroom uh, helps Im immensely with digestion. Um, sleep is always one of the big things. If you don't get anything out of it, um, sleep is amazing. And I mean, I can't tell you how many people come in here and just simply can't even get a, a good night's sleep. So I know that that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those those things that people are just grateful to receive in and of itself. And uh, yeah, and then we'll just kind of reintegrate. So this is how we do it. And um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, we use some other instruments as well, tongue drums and, and hand drums and, and, uh, and these types of, of things. Um, yeah. And then we also, so that's the private experience. And then we also offer um, like retreats for corporate retreats and stuff like this, which, um, you know, through our mutual friend, um, it was a very similar situation, how we met. And then we also offer for the community because not everything is about money. This is what I mean. Sometimes when we have the power to, we really have to step up and offer things to the community and, and for the greater good. Because if I'm doing this just for myself, then I'm falling into this state of, you know, I can't sit into a room simply by myself. <laughs> you know, this type of attitude where that's where I would need to be. And this way we open the doors so that everybody can benefit from the healing aspects of what it is that I'm doing. So I'm using this as a platform to feed the hungry mouths, to help fill up the hung, uh, you know, the empty cups. And that's by donation. Um, and that's every new moon. So every new moon, um, we do this by donation and you can, you can check it out on our Instagram page. Do you mind if I plug that? That's okay. No, absolutely. I yeah. you know, go to the end, but, but uh, please do. I'll make sure it's in the show notes, but uh, please yeah, share. For sure. Yeah. It's the well.canada on Instagram. Uh, and that's the well, as in like, you know, wishing well, dot Canada. And you can find all of our events there. We hold all different types of ceremonies, um, including, you know, these sound healing uh, journeys, which are pretty amazing. It's like taking the car into the shop is the way I, I, I like to say it. And it comes out, you know, all nice and washed and the rims are all nice and clean. You know, <laughs> you feel great after it. <laughs> mm -hmm. what, what, what have been some of the uh, most uh, transformational uh 
I'll just say changes that you've seen in some of your clients. And if you care to share. Well, I mean, you know, doctor patient. I mean, (laughs) I don't typically kiss and tell with, with how that works because I mean, it's, it's people's journeys are so very private, but I will, uh, I can tell you about my personal experiences. Um, and, uh, with, with, uh, somebody that became very dear to me. Um, um, so yes, a lot of people come in here. They have some really deep, deep, uh, stuff that they're working through and I'm essentially facilitating holding the space for them to do it in a safe place and one of these people uh, was a really close friend of mine um, her name is Ginny and if she's listening I'm sure she's gonna be so happy to hear that <laughs> thank you so much Ginny she um, brought a she was one of my oldest um, clients and she brought um, this young uh, unsuspecting amazing human being to my door um, that she'd met from a women's retreat and told her about the sound healings that she was taking and experiencing. So at this point, um, <laughs> there was a lot, of, a lot going on in my life and everything had turned upside down and I lost plenty of money and all kinds of relationships. And I was really down and like, well, the universe had given me my punches up front, just put it that way. And they were mm-hmm. no small punches. Um, and I had and of course myself, you, you leaned into them knowing. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, I was rocky, you know, after Drago, it wasn't so good, you know, it was really bad. Um, so I, I, I took some punishment and I just, you know, kept showing up every day. And, and in fact, I, I leaned into it where I said, okay, I, I lost everything. I'm just going to start doing sound baths or sound healings by donation. So I worked a whole year by donation. I didn't even ask for money. I wasn't doing this for anything. I was just saying, here, the universe wants, wants it, take it, I said. So I just started replying with goodness. And so lo and behold, this unsuspecting person comes to, this, to the sound healing. And um, she, had, uh, she had walked in um, and she was talking with this girl, unbeknownst to me, she was talking to this girl, Jenny, and... Um, she was talking about apples and how she'd never picked an apple before and it's her favorite fruit and all the stuff and et cetera, et cetera. And I opened the door and the first thing I said to them was, Oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm like, Hey, the apples in the backyard are ready for picking. Would you guys like to go and pick some apples? As if I was continuing this conversation that they were having in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that moment she already knew she's very connected. This girl. Um, I had no idea because I, I come from a state of mind where really if I'm focusing on opening up and helping people to heal, not to cross any of these boundaries or lines of, of, of uh, like physical connection or relationship connections, because it can get murky when you're helping people, they can, they might see you as the answer or something that you're not. And I mean, I understand that very easily. Like as a musician, you know, I had a lot of offers from people when I was playing, you know, shows and stuff like this. And I would always, you know, mind my French, don't shit where you eat, you know, and this is, and this is essentially the mentality I took. Um, so for the first couple of weeks, I, even for that, that day, I was really unsuspecting. She had uh, obviously had a really profound experience, um, which I only found out weeks later. Um, but in the meantime, she had told me, you know, she found the place to live. All these, all these great things were happening because she just got back from India. She was um, doing, doing yoga abroad for many, many years. Um, and, uh, and learning about breath work and all these ancient Vedic sciences. And she's really, really switched on. And so she's, and in some ways, like <laughs> teaching me, um, I mean, in many ways, in so many ways. And um, so anyway, what ended up happening was, you know, innocently, she said, you know, hey, I got this place. I rented it. You know, things are going better. You know, didn't have any friends in Toronto. I did a, which typically never happens, a follow up with her. And it was an outdoor follow-up. We kind of went out to a market and we were kind of just expecting some other friends and the other friends never showed up. In fact, what started showing up were signs from the universe. I mean, we were talking about food and this and that. And, you know, this 
farmer's market just kind of showed up in front of us when we were kind of just ready to, you know, to, you know, we were famished at this point and ready to, you know, to eat something that, you know, uh, but there was nothing to be found. And they're there on a Tuesday in the afternoon is this farmer's market, you know, just kind of dropped there by the universe with all the things that we had been talking about and all these magical experiences that were kept on happening. And I could see the universe pushing me. And I said, no, no, but this is, this is, you know, against my principles. This is not what I do and all this stuff. And I was just kind of pushing the signs away. Um, so that we did, I did that dance for a couple of weeks. Um, and then we had this medicine ceremony and, and, and the medicine was still alive and, and we sat with this medicine and it was very, very obvious because typically when I'm with sitting with medicine, I'm completely not of the mind of any sexual nature at all. I'm completely out of, out of that element. I'm completely at one with, with the source and I'm just feeling connected and into my own power and it can't be disturbed by anything else's energy, but like a moth to the flame, I was drawn to her. And I knew instantly at that point that, yes, this is something more than just my principles or than whatever that the universe is at play here. And she told me that after the uh, first sound bath, this I found out later, um, after the ceremony here, that, that she was unable to have her menstrual cycle um, for two years prior to that sound bath. And literally the day after, like the, that night after, the day after the sound bath, so that evening after the sound bath, she literally had her menstrual cycle. Um, and so I didn't even have, I had no clue at this point and whatever. It's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty messed up for me. I was like, whoa, I did that. I'm like, oh boy, I may, maybe I, I, I got to like really like buckle down because if I'm starting to you know, unlock these kinds of things, I better, I don't know, <laughs> I better be ready to like hold on to this type of responsibility in a very, in this type of way. So, I mean, in the beginning, it was very difficult because I did not want to have this, this type of relationship with somebody that I was healing. So what the, the first thing I said was then, then I'm no longer your healer and you're not, you know, you're not my healer. We're just two people now. And this is how we are equals. And that's it. And, mm-hmm. um, and funny enough, uh, that happened after a very devastating nine year breakup. I wasn't even ready to move on, which was another big reason why I wasn't ready to jump into anything like this. And I lost, you know, a, a, a huge part of my business and, and tons of money, like over a million dollars from all the, all the, just the, the, the bottom dropping out. And I was just in a very vulnerable place and I didn't want to be vulnerable anymore. But the universe just kept showing me like, okay, you, you've given up everything and now here you get everything. You know, here, here's your, you, you got the punches and now here's the reward, you know? And uh, now it's, it's literally been just over a year and we're having a baby in January. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've never had a child before. I never even knew that I wanted a child, nor did she. I mean, she's been telling her parents she's not going to have a child since she's been a baby. And I mean, again, you know, you make plans and then <laughs> the universe just, <laughs> just laughs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. I, I tell you, I mean, what, what, what an incredible story. And, and you know, it just always uh, reminds me that, you know, healing is not what we think it is. Um, you know, the universe always has its own plans and its own mm-hmm. designs and, you know, healing can show up in so many different ways, but, you know, mm-hmm. her, you know, getting her, her cycle back after a two year absence and going from a place of like, I'll never be a mother to like, I am, I'm ready to be a mother. And, and then like, you know, the, the magic that happened between the two of you, it's just. Yeah, she says that she used to go across the world and she, you know, she kissed all these frogs and can never find her prince. And I said, I don't want to hear about all the frogs you kissed. But she said, you know, she she had to travel the entire world 
just to come back home here to Toronto, which wasn't really like, you know, she's still, she comes from like a smaller, uh, um, you know, uh, suburb of Toronto, but uh, she had to come back here, you know, like she had to do all that traveling in order to come full circle, you know, to this, to, to literally land on my doorstep, you know, and I had been looking, you know, looking for this love my entire life, you know, seeking externally, always seeking externally. And until I, I started going in, you know, and until we kind of, I kind of, you know, I, I didn't even have to leave the home. You know what I mean? This is, this is, the, this is the big takeaway from this. Like it literally showed up at my doorstep, the universe and said, Hey man, I'm here. Knock, knock, knock. Are you ready to receive me? And I had all this practice and all these years of going through this epic, you know, download that happened, you know, almost seven years or eight years ago or what have you, you know, that led me to building this space and this container and this, and this place of love only to receive it when it came to my doorstep, you know, and this is the takeaway is that we need to understand that it's really, if you want anything to change in your life, you know, people tell me all the time about their relationships with their daughters or their, their significant others and all this stuff. And, and all they're doing is talking to each other, but nobody's making the change within, you know, the idea mm -hmm. is once you turn around and sit in that room by yourself and you start looking at what you can do for yourself, then literally it all starts to fall into this rhythm because once you're in alignment with yourself, you start vibrating with in alignment with everything else around you. It's just, it, it's, it's indisputable. There's it's the cause and effect law of the universe. If you will literally do something every day to make yourself a little bit better, naturally all your relationships will get better. Naturally your work life will get better. Naturally your health will get better. Naturally your mood will get better. It is like a chain a chain reaction. Yeah, that, the, the external world is undeniably always just a reflection of what's going on internally. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The great Maya, the illusion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's out there, you know, is actually in here. Yeah. Yeah. Marcos, incredible story to end with. Uh, you know, actually, absolutely fantastic. Um, would you repeat once again how people can, can find you? So Yeah, so you can find us uh, on Instagram. The handle is the well, T H E W E L L dot Canada. And um, you can find us, uh, you can send us an email at info at the well uh, Canada. Uh, sorry, sorry, the well Canada at gmail.com is our, is our email. And uh, right now, um, I mean, this kind of started with um, just an individual practice, it was very humbly from my home. And then Natasha and I obviously just kind of jumped into this amazing beautiful ride that the universe has has orchestrated for us um so i mean it's a very humble beginning there's not a lot out there but i mean <laughs> the doors are revolving here constantly so i mean it's only a matter before it gets it gets you know to that size where we're gonna have to figure out what to do with it um so um but i mean in the meantime we're, we're here we're accessible i mean i i'm happy to wash the feet of of my brothers and sisters i've i've, I've agreed to do it um, it's, it's my blessing instead of sitting in a cave, um, for now, <laughs> as you said. And I mean, Natasha is amazing. She's an amazing yoga instructor. She's an amazing breath work specialist, also a sound healer. Um, she's, she's hired from people all over the world to do her yoga nidras. And I have no idea what she's doing with me, but I mean, um, I'm very grateful that she is and that she showed up at my doorstep and we picked apples on that beautiful, magical day. 
Yeah, it sounds sounds like a wonderful match for for both of you. Oh so, yeah, man. Yeah, for thank, sure. Thank thank you so much again for for sharing your journey, your story, and and your gifts with the audience. Really appreciate you and appreciate your time. Well, Thanks, I Mark. thank you so much. I hope that you know that everybody maybe got something out of this. And um, yeah, just continue shining that beautiful light of yours, Dominic. And thank you for for this beautiful platform um, for having um, like minded people to speak about the you know this beautiful. Um, journey that we're on and this, you know, and their spiritual practices. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Marcus. Take care. God bless. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Healerology. This podcast exists to make your life better. Before you go, I want to bring your attention to my four-week one-on-one coaching program. This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all of my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun and you can be successful at it every time. To learn more, go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Healerology Podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and presence. Please make sure you're subscribed to this show. Until next time, stay healthy and go within.